For the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, you need to go with Manscaped. Your tackle deserves it. This is the thing. It's not even about you. At some point, you need to think of your tackle as its own autonomous being, and it deserves a shave. We speak a lot about the Lawnmower 3.0 and the fact that it's got waterproof technology, but we have been pivoting to that ball moisturizer. That's what you want. That's what it is. 20% off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com with uh, code word Brisbane. Code word is Brisbane. Manscaped.com. Uh, your balls will thank you. Hey, listen, how good is it to have the boys back on the box? Hello, Brisbane. for sports as Brisbane crowds are consistently the league's biggest. North Korea launching an intermediate range missile over Brisbane's new bike hire scheme. What am I going to see in Paris that I can't see in Ashburn? Like at what point is a Highgate Hill? At what point is it South Brisbane or South Bank? You will find the location of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived, they advised I needed some 4X. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane. You're listening to Joe Dwyer here on Suburbs Radio. Suburb FM. Radio, radio about suburbs. Streets of your town to town to town. Let's get that money. And this town is full of battered wives. What? It's a lyric from Streets of Your Town. It's all they do on Suburbs Radio. It's doing a whole commercial radio bit and you've swung on in with that. What line is oh, it? We can, uh, this town is full of battered wives. Apparently it's about Sydney, not Brisbane. Streets of your, which is like good, but funny that we take it as an anthem. Here, our wives are crumbed. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about this. <laughs> oh, you've just got. <laughs> so I thought you said my mind went through. I thought you said crumb, and I was like, "Cool, Harry Potter reference." I don't get. Then I thought you meant crump, like crumping the here, dance style. Yo, here our wives are crump. <laughs> yo, here in Brisbane, our wives be crumping. What of it? Uh, Henry, it's a very exciting day today for those who have so much fucking money or send their kids to Terrace because we are doing Tennyson. We're talking about Tennyson, great suburb, leafy suburb, and there's a lot to say about it. It's near a creek, but before we do... And they play tennis there. They play tennis there. And that's all we've got time for, but thank you so much for listening. Consider it unpacked. (laughs) Mate, on, in terms of housekeeping, last last week, we had a big celebration for one half of the show being Joe Dwyer. Big 21st, belated 21st. He's uh, um, like turned 21. 21 in six months, but... Yeah, exactly. And he had a party at the Valleys Leagues Club. Very mm. fun. Iconic and Brisbane venue for me. Yep. Not a lot of other people. That's fine, though. And <laughs> what is it? Home of the... What do they keep saying? Uh, the Diehards. The Diehards. It's what the Valleys team is. So I grew up playing... Well, I played diehards. one season for the Valleys Diehards when I was six. I played in under sevens footy. Um, and I loved it. And the only time I've ever been back there is to have my 21st there. Fantastic. And, right. I, and as I said famously in the speech, it's <laughs> the most time Joe will ever have being celebrated anywhere near a rugby field. Just right. And the Pakistanis who didn't hear that speech, oh, you missed out. It was beautiful. Thanks, mate. Yeah, we had a very... The Gandhi of the party, Henry Brown. Actually, no, Gandhi, Gandhi wasn't a great speech maker. He did talk about that all the time, didn't he? Yeah, so true. Anyway. I didn't realise you were a freaking Gandhi expert, man. <laughs> And Gandhi, but uh, yeah, I'm, ooh, I'm hungry. <laughs> Gandhi, um, but like Disney's new gritty retelling, <laughs> like Cruella, but it's Emma Stone as Gandhi. Emma Stone is Gandhi. 
it's an Aussie narrator. Gandhi Ragnarok. <laughs> Dave Hughes is Gandhi. <laughs> Gandhi oh, Ragnarok. no, get the British out of here. Hey, go away. <laughs> Joe's 21st was Brisbane-themed, yes. and it was dress-up, and everyone dressed up, and it was remarked by many people there that it seemed like a conference, if not a festival, of Brisbane, and... I wanted to bring it up because there were so many yeah. things that we've spoken about on this show that it was amazing to see personified was in incredible. costume for people really Such went all Such a beautiful night. Out. Everyone who was there was committing and was very kind. Yeah, it was observed to me as well, Henry, that it was basically as if we'd just done a workshop for ideas for the podcast. Yep. Um, which a conference, like is in, a conference is, for the it's podcast. It's literally entirely true. But I thought we'd discuss some of the great costume highlights with the caveat of everyone knocked it out of the ballpark. Everyone looked fantastic. Uh, now, I awarded a winner that then had it stripped from them. My Uncle Darren came as the Gabber, which was pretty awesome. Basically, it was a massive three-metre bit, an artificial turf wicket that he'd glued, a bat, ball, stumps, uh, one end, and it was brilliant. But... When the time came for speeches, when I awarded Best Dressed, he'd taken it off. See, I think a key thing at a costume party, if you're going for a Best Dressed, got to commit to it all night. I agree. Um, but another standout, Henry, you want to tell him about Sam and Mitch? Yeah, well, the people who I think, upon Uncle Darren being disqualified mm. for taking off his unwieldy Gabba costume. Incredibly unwieldy. You, I, get I, it. I don't blame him for taking it off. I don't think he could fit through the door no. for speeches. But he it went to Sam and Mitch. Now, Sam and Mitch had built out of cardboard... Mm exact replicas of lime and neuron costumes. Yeah. We might see if we can share some of these photos. We'll ask them if it's okay, but I'd oh, love yeah. to put some of these photos up. Because they, they were as, as Brisbane as you've ever seen, all the way room. down to, you know, realising it can go for 30 kilometres per hour in busy city streets and mm. going, how the fuck did the Brisbane City Council legalise these scooters? <laughs> exactly. love lives, I love living in a nanny state where they're like, oh, you can do one fun thing. Yeah. Every year we'll legalise one zany thing and this year it's scooters. Scooters are allowed now. Gandhi. Uh, <laughs> Gandhi fought hard for scooters. scooters. So Dave Hughes is Mahatma. <laughs> Just his first name. <laughs> like that tweet that was like, how to make Batman last forever. Every re- release movie called Batman five years later. The Batman alternate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that one year they go, Wayne. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny if the next Batman adaptation is called Bruce. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's like a knockabout Aussie film about a trucker. Or it's just, man. <laughs> I don't think they're that far away from The Bat. Yeah. I think, is that coming? No, the next one's called The Batman. The Batman. No one came as the Batman to the party, and rightly so. He's from Gotham. <laughs> yeah, spot on. Even though, oh, Gotham City Building. Mm. And the Batman building in the city. Oh, of course. Gee, Batman would have been a good outside shout. Yeah, that is good. You would have had to spend so long explaining it, though. Well, I, I wanted to go at one point as Bane from Batman Dark Knight Rises and then just write Briz on my chest. Oh, that's fun. Briz Bane. Very yeah. fun. Then uh, Bane but masks are expensive. Another good one for listeners of the show. I mean, I went to Scooby-Doo. Very fun. Filmed in Brisbane. A lot of people didn't know that. I thought that was pretty common knowledge. I had a lot of people all of Joe's cousins listen to this podcast. I, uh, I... I had a lot of people come out to me very quietly, Henry, and it was as if they knew they didn't they didn't want to talk too critically of you or didn't want to offend you in any way, but they just very quietly go to me, um, Joe, I'm not sure uh, <laughs> how, how relevant is uh, Scooby-Doo to Brisbane? I was like, it was filmed here, guys. Yeah. He's 
fucking nailed this. Don't you dare say a thing about Hen. Thanks, sir. So I am defending you. But but one more I wanted to mention for the yeah. podcast especially. We spoke on our Chermside episode about Joe adventuring down there to the movies and going oh, yes. by himself. <laughs> and famously, we may have shared a photo. Did we put it on the Instagram? I think we did. Of Joe going to see so. uh, famously yeah, yeah. Django Unchained yeah. by himself wearing a fedora and a long sleeve shirt. Uh, Alex Lance. Chino Great Shorts. friend of the show and a miscreant, an unpakistani friend of ours. He got the exact costume that Joe went and saw Django Unchained by himself by mentioned in the church episode. It is apparently so hard. I mean, everyone would remember but those three-quarter length baseball tees mm. that you'd wear to gathers in year nine. Apparently, they just do not make them anymore. Like, you go to factory or cotton on, they're impossible to find. So Alex had to spend a day tracking this down, plus a fedora, plus the exact kind of dorky glasses I used to wear. It was breathtaking. We're we're absolutely sharing that one with the Unpakistanis. That one we'll put on. I also love it as a general play to come to a 21st dressed as like a funny version of the person whose it is. Well, Ollie came dressed as me. Not my 21st, but Brisbane related. You you were dressed as Cool Guy Hamish to... No, Caelan was dressed as Cool Guy Hamish to Cool Guy Hamish's birthday. Which is very funny in hindsight. Mm. And you came dressed as me. be like if I started dating Scooby-Doo in a few years from now. (laughs) Wait, you're not? Uh, It's not official. Sorry. We're just like having a thing. Okay, fine. Uh, talking of things, there's a thing on... March 6th. Yeah, March 6th. Ne- not this Saturday coming, but the next one. Mm. So clear your schedules. The mangroves are back in action. We haven't played a gig for like oh, two or three weeks. Mm. It's been a horrible hiatus, but we are plotting a lot of great things. Very banned cliche, but one of the great things coming up is a show on March 6th at Greaser, and this one's free entry. It's 200 capacity, but that'll go quickly. Lefties was 250 and that was sold out in a sec. But there's no tickets for this. Show up Saturday night, March 6th, for another Rippin' Mangrove show. And a few other great bands there too. I think there's about four bands all up. So mm. come along and enjoy that. Which and, we know the names of. And if the music's not enough, the the band, the food rather, oh, yeah. Greaser is unreal. I don't um, think it made our burgers episode. but That's why I'm most have. excited. Annoyingly, I don't think there's burgers on our rider. Sure. Well, we won't be playing on March 6th anymore. <laughs> we'll be, you'll find Let's us. Let's be absolute drama queens. You'll find us eating dinner at Greaser and refusing Solidly to Solidly refusing to go on until they refund us for these burgers. I'll pay for my trips, bro. Tell you what, I'm not going up there. <laughs> now, um, Henry. Yeah. We might be. great Aussie bands. I was going to say, we might be play acting as celebrities. You met some of the biggest names in this River City uh, on Monday, didn't you? What was that? Did you just say something? Were you whispering? What did you say? What did you say just then? I just... You know what I said? Was it and I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Did you say Geronimo? I'm not going to say I'm not going to say Geronimo. I'm not going to fucking say Geronimo. I'm not made of Geronimo, Henry. I'm not going to bloody say Geronimo. You can't make me say Geronimo. Gandhi's asking you to say Geronimo, man. So you probably should listen to my heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to my heart. My heart, my, my heart will go on <laughs> by Celine Dion. Rewrites at four. Hugh Jackman is Mahatma, my soul. <laughs> um, met Shepard. Huge. Met him. A, met him. A you said Geronimo. Here's one. Put it this way: If you work at a Brisbane station, a Brisbane radio station, you're meeting Shepard at some point. It's Even not, if you it's work not at a Brisbane qu- station, I'm sure they catch a train from time to time. <laughs> Petrol, work maybe, at Kabucha, yeah, any sort of station. Nuclear power. <laughs> We'll, at which we'll talk about in this episode, a certain power, power plant. Mate, there's heaps oh, right. of Tennyson's. There's not a nuclear power plant there, though, is there? Well, well maybe. It's Chernobyl, but Tennyson. Yeah, it was a very small explosion. <laughs> but the, yeah, Met Shepard, as I have in the past. But 
wanted to get a photo because obviously uh, in the mangroves we covered Geronimo, a bit of a punk cover of it, uh, very tongue-in-cheek, until our prospective manager told us not to because they have been cancelled in the Brisbane music scene because, as you would have seen, their dad was recently arrested mm. for wire fraud and is allegedly long behind long-standing corruption in Papua New Guinea mm. and has some sort of financial connections to Manus Island. This is I, all I alleged. Think, I think the one that's not alleged is I think he's the CEO of the prison on Manus Island. I don't know that, so I'm going to keep my little alleged in there. But <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure his name is Greg Shepard. It is. It which is. sounds like a joke. <laughs> it's exactly what we would say on the show of like, oh, their dad. I don't know. Greg Shepard or something. What is something? his name? Greg Shepard. <laughs> it is. So Greg Shepard involved in some bad stuff, allegedly, and has been arrested. Mm. I guess we can say he's been charged with wire fraud. Yeah. And um, so it does seem like Shepard could have been bankrolled by- uh, I'm not going to say- Some blood money. <laughs> <laughs> Others have. There are there are allegations out there. Sorry, Shep, put it this way: Shepard are not having a great time. No, and uh, so but they have released. I wanted to get a photo because I, because they were in performing, and I thought it was dank for this podcast to get a photo fun. with Shepard. So I may have laid it on a bit thick in terms of, <laughs> hey guys, I'm so sorry to do this at work. I'm really embarrassed, but I'm a really big fan. <laughs> I've just, I've just got to get this. I was like, I was like, okay, three, two, one, Geronimo. Like, oh, actually, just, yeah, we did a bit of that. Because of Geronimo Stilton, who loved cheese. Yeah, that's damn right. Uh, but <laughs> you're damn right. It's damn right. The mouse detective it's with damn the right, big, Gandhi. weirdly illustrated words in those books. Geronimo Stilton is Gandhi. <laughs> so say Geronimo Stilton. Say Geronimo Stilton. But yeah, it was. I, it was. I did have to lay it on very thick. We shared that on an Instagram a few days ago. A lot of people sent some angry messages saying, "Shepherd, don't love this." I I promise it was ironic. Um, it was very ironic. I was trying to just get the photo for the Pakistanis, so don't but, cancel but me. Crucially for your job and your livelihood, there was nothing in the post that said it was ironic. But we're relying on Pakistanis to know. We hope down you know. it was ironic. We hope you know, which they all will. And I tell you what, often has a bit of irony, mate. Little segment we do. We start the show with it. It's called Wikipedia. We get Wikipedia. We will be there. And yet again, it's another enthralling, titillating edge of your seat Wikipedia page with an incredible fact at its heart. Joe's dragging this out because I can see him mad. I'm trying typing to with one finger while holding his microphone. I'm tapping in Tennyson Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, great. It's shit about Alfred Lord Tennyson. Yeah, that's the first one. Okay, what's the, what's the population? Population. Whoa. Is oh, it, it is kind of interesting. Is it really small? Uh, yeah, I don't want to help you too much, but it's really fucking small. I only say that because I'm like, that surrounding area, I reckon there's a lot of, it's a bit of a- it's Massive houses. It's a transitory suburb to like your Chelmers and Gracefields. But there are also those big apartment blocks near the tennis centre. I only th- I say this because I was thinking about how small it would be. Oh, can't be that, it can't be like, fuck it, like f- 1,500. Not that far off. It's 1,000. Oh. And 19. It is about the population of Petra Terrace. I thought which I'd, was oh, my previous. You would have thought you'd gone way too much. Oh, I thought you were going to laugh at me. Like about a how standard, much I thought you were going to be like, oh, no. A standard 7, small 000. suburb is like, yeah, it's like five or 6,000. That's really There's small. like no one in Tennyson, in essence. Wow. Oh. I think it's just because there's some big, beautiful houses. But these big, beautiful houses have like four people living in them. So even despite its geographical size. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, it is very it is very transitional. 
Yeah. It's, it's how you get to Yoronga. Is it? Oh, that'd be huge. It'd be, yeah, it's near Yoronga and Yoronga. But that'd be huge. Oh, that'd be huge compared to this, I'd assume. I'm oh. We'll find out when we do that. Find out when we do Yoronga and Yoronga Pili. Mate, um, so the You're area, wrong, Pili. <laughs> Pili. You were, Pili. You're wrong, Billy Elliot. <laughs> the area was originally named Softstone <laughs> or Softstone Pocket by <laughs> James Strong, one of the original settlers. Strongy. Softstone sounds like erectile dysfunction. <laughs> you got Softstone, mate. More than that, mate. Pocket. Oh, yeah, true. That's sort also of a vaguely. It's very, it's very, in my mind, Cockney slang for erectile dysfunction. Like, he tried to put his soft stone in my pocket. <laughs> you know him? You know that boy down the road? Yeah, down near the coal miner. Yeah, the farmer boy. You know Greg Shepherd? You know him? You know Greg? <laughs> you know the Shepherd boy? He's trying to get him a soft stone pocket. I said, it made you a little hard rock before you got to the <laughs> that. Yeah, he reckons it's a boulder. I reckon it's more like a soft stone. Anyway, my pocket's deep enough. You walking around like you've got a mountain of granite in there, but you're just a stuffed stone trying to get inside a stone. It's like a mountain of... He reckons he's a soft stone. It's more like gravel. It's barely there. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm glad. Well, that's a... um, I mean, fascinating that... Oh, no, I've just read ahead. My point is moot. Moot. I'll tell you later. In May 19... No. In May 1887, it was announced that the Softstone Pocket <laughs> Railways... <laughs> oh, you know, Billy, man. Hey, you, think, you know, I'll Billy's been getting around lately. He's like the bloody... It's as if he's the Softstone r- Pocket Railway. <laughs> In and out. He makes the trains run on time on the railway. Softstone Pocket. Well, like the less funny friends comes in and it's like, flaccid train. <laughs> no, Mark. You just Wait, never you, quite get it, dude. You're implying his stone was we his were doing dick this, and that he can't get it. We were hard. doing this incredible soft stone innuendo. It was fast. It was loose. It was everything. And then you came in. Rock pussy. <laughs> it's like a rock pussy. <laughs> Abba's first draft of rock me. Rock pussy. Give me that train now, soft stone. James Bond in Rock to Pussy. Name Stone. <laughs> Hello, I'm Soft Stone. Hello, I'm James Bond. This is Soft Stone Rock Pussy. <laughs> rock to Pussy. Oh, money, Penny. You haven't met my wife. Soft Stone Rock Pussy. Tennyson Penny. You haven't met Pussy Man. <laughs> James Bond movie. Nonsensically walking and be like, Name's Bond. James Bond. Pussy, pussy money dick galore over here is going to send me on a mission. Sucky rider, honey puss. <laughs> you must meet with a man. His name is Bullsack Afro. <laughs> He's, he, he owns an estate. It's like when they wrote the script, he was like, oh, just put the names in later, you know, just put placeholder names. James, it's very dangerous. You're going all the way to Dick McDonoghue's dick of dicks. Come now, come now. Come now, Miss Dirty Pussy. You know full well that I, that he loves killing. Blow, blow, my, my bald nemesis blowjob. <laughs> Loves killing as much as I do. You know. Come, come, Mr. Bondage. You love killing just as much as I do. <laughs> oh, my God. It's his boss. And, and job loop. Oh, no. It's <laughs> it's cream brulee flavoured lube. <laughs> it's special edition cream brulee lube. Oh, is my God. Villain, is that the villain's name, guys? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe he's brought his dangerous tiger. Fluffy pink handcuffs. Is that a soft stone in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> oh no. I've, I've killed my friend. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. My nemesis. In May, job <laughs> shit. In May 1887, it was announced that soft stone pocket. 
railway. <laughs> Siding yeah. on the so- the South Coast railway line would not be receive <laughs> nuggets. You only you'll change these names later, right? You meant to only blow my bloody dick off. <laughs> you only meant. I'm to not gonna bury another dick. <laughs> I never killed the bloody dick. <laughs> I've, I've buried too many dick members of the Batman family. <laughs> Batman now. It's Michael Caine. I've a little dick in you. I like that. <laughs> and you're going to love me. Only when Gotham is ashes, then you have permission to suck my dick. <laughs> this is I'm s- as immature <laughs> as you've ever sounded on this show. In May, I seen how this. It was announced that Southstone Pocket Railway siding on the South Coast Pussy Line, I mean Railway <laughs> Line, would be renamed Tennyson. Ah. Local businessman Edgar Wright Walker. Edgar Fuck, did Wright. anyone... Oh, God, imagine your whole life just being like, no, I'm just a businessman from Brisbane. Everyone's like, Edgar Wright Walker. No. Well, I mean, I'm sure he died much earlier. Yeah. Edgar- it's, like, it's like if you met, like, the equivalent of, um, oh, my God, guys, my boyfriend, Brad Pitt handjobs. Yeah. <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. It reminds mean? me a bit of a man I once knew. MI sucks. <laughs> MI sex. You're an agent for MI sex. MI sex. Okay. You know who's really controlling this operation? Pussy. <laughs> Dick sucks anus. Oh no. He's oh, no. the worst he's the worst developer of weapons in all of England. Okay. What was he rub? Local businessman Edgar Wright Walker, who Edgar Wright being yep. the man who directed Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, Sean of oh, the Dead. Oh, I thought you meant like the Wright brothers as well. That also. Was one of them? Yeah, Ed- it was Edgar Wright. Charles and Edgar Am I right? It's Edgar Wright. Am I right? oh, Frank? Am I thinking of Edgar wrong? No, I think you're Edgar Wright. He said, anyway, this bloke, local yep. businessman, said to have proposed the area be renamed Tennyson after the British poet Alfred Tennyson. What are his poems? He's got a big one, doesn't um, he? He's lost. No, no, that's John Milton. Um, Alfred Lord Tennyson, I think, is close to um, like the most famous or one of the most famous poets. I've just googled. I've just googled Tennyson's big poem. Um, the Charge of the Light Brigade. Ah, oh, that'd be it. That that I feel is mm. a very familiar one. Here's one: the top option, ten classic Tennyson poems everyone should read. I've actually got oh. a Stan subscription, but thanks. You know what kills me? I might, just watch, so I might just watch Your Honor instead. It's so not clear how copyright works with poems. Because I know it's like, oh, like I put effort in this. You should have to pay to read it. But also many of them are like a page. Like surely yeah. someone's uploaded it. You know what kills me? Wikipedia pages about poems don't have the poem. Um, This one does. Oh, what? This isn't Wikipedia, sorry. This is called interestingliterature.com. Oh, nice. U- oh, Ulysses. But that was James Joyce. I think he wrote a poem based and that on Ulysses. Yeah. It may be that the gulfs will wash us down. It may be we shall touch the happy isles. It and then and we see the great Achilles whom we knew. Oh, it's no um. It's oh, no, it's, it's no. It's no about actual Ulysses. It's no Blinky Ulysses Bill. Just about Dublin. I don't know. He's Blinky yeah, Bill upon. Yeah, I don't know. It's no Kendrick Lamar. Mm. Um, rap is poetry. Okay, be humble. Sit down. I got a white some, man. Some wet ass poetry. Oh, Cardi B, that's poetry. Hell yeah. It's like English teachers couldn't wait to tell me that fucking anything I could think of was poetry. You got a year on English teacher and Iggy Bop was poetry. Hell yeah. I'm they about still it. are. Iggy Bop. Iggy Bop. <laughs> the, tennis, the Tennyson Power Station opened in 1953. It was a coal fat, 
It was a coal-fired power station. It was a coal-farting power station. <laughs> sorry, guys, sorry. just me cold here. Sorry, Fart I'm just blasting greenhouse gases in. Safety. Uh, it was closed, Henry, in 1986 and subsequently demolished. Bit embarrassing to be opened for... 33 years. 33 years. I'm, in my mind, power stations are like like a 200-year commitment. Mm. Like, we've built a power station here, this, whether it's coal or better options like renewables or nuclear, mm. this, you know, slip in a bit of political ideology. No Good worries. Stuff. I was actually asked on the weekend by someone, um, I said something in passing about how we're a non-partisan show, and they were like, no, you're not. And I'm like, ah, oh, so you do listen closely. Yeah. Anyway, um... Surely you want it to be open for like 200 years to provide power to the area. Or just the amount of damage you've done to the environment by building it in. Yeah, legit. Hope you get. Isn't it like how... I thought it, I assumed it would be the even more exaggerated version of how if you build a petrol station somewhere, it needs to be that for like the next 100 years. That needs to be a like 100-year lease. You can't build anything but a petrol That's station true. there for is, a certain amount, like 150 because, years. Is or that just by virtue of the pipelines to bring oil? I would imagine so. What do they get like? I don't know a whole lot about how petrol stations work. No, nor do I. It's like how the Guinness factory is on a thousand year lease. Yeah. Well, I would, but apparently not. The Tennyson Power and Station you know had what, a you short know what links coal, petrol, and Guinness? Mm. It's all the black stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. If it's black, keep it there. There you go. <laughs> New motto for planning and environment lawyers. Let's talk about Oxley Creek. Let's do it. Now, it's a big creek. How Which good? one's Oxley Creek? Oh, one of the, one of the ones. But oh, it, like the ones where you. Boats go on to before we get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. mouth of the river. One of those ones. But there's something interesting about Oxley Creek. Um, Tell me now and loud. Friend of the show and keen on Pakistani, Angus, wrote in and he said something interesting. He said, Oxley Creek is one of only two black zones in Queensland that cannot support animal life. Now, I don't know what that means. What? Is he saying that Oxley Creek is one of like only a few creeks? But he, he seems to be saying it's one of the only zones in Queensland that can't support animal life. Now, I don't know what... But then I was thinking about it. I rode out of Oxley Creek for years and years. I, didn't I can't ever remember seeing, like, a bilby. But no. I imagine there's fish. Well, I don't know. Like, that makes so much sense because they were never that worried when you'd take single skulls out, particularly when you're really young, just into the creek. You know, I'd fall in all the time, but no one's ever worried about bull sharks. But surely, like, a fish that's in the river that immediately meets Oxley Creek can swim into Oxley Creek. Mate, I don't know what fish is. I don't know if they've got time in their day. I don't know what. I couldn't tell you about the schedule of a fish. That's such a good point, mate. That was one of my favourite. Fish do get very busy. Well, they've got to fucking flap a bit and get hooked, like, eat. Yeah, they've got to get fucking idiots. They're like... Oh, oh, cool. Food that's floating and has already been killed. Oh, sick. Look at that. It's the exact kind of food I like. Tied oh. to a string. I'll, I'll yeah, if I got home and there was... Safe. If I got home and there was like steak and chips and a schooner of 4X gold like in my bedroom <laughs> tied to a string, I wouldn't be like, oh, you beauty, I'll eat that. Yeah. Because you're probably going to get eaten by another bigger speed. There's probably it's a bear it. waiting at the end being like... I can only hope, mate. Like, He's got to eat this. I swear to God. Fish are fucking idiots. Yeah, I know. You want to hear that? You want, like, you want some controversy? You yes. want us to make news? You, hey, <laughs> hey, producers, hey, media, you want us to make more news headlines on this show? Here's oh, we'll stir some fucking controversy we'll, for you. Non-partisan show. Here's a partisan opinion. I'll, fish are little bitches. I'm a line. The whole fucking fish community. <laughs> what are they going to do? Flat, fucking spray me? Come onto dry land. I, I'm, I'm serious. fucking ankle wet? And if, and if I want to go for a swim and I'm worried about the fish murder tribes? Yeah. I'll go on Oxley Creek. It's a freaking black zone. It's a we'll black be zone. Fine. We'll hide that. So there you go. And then, mate, we kept getting asked about Thomas pamphlets. So 
Ah. Thorby wrote in and said, look Ian, into... Ian Thorpe. Yes, yes, famous <laughs> swimmer. And he wrote in and said, it's oh. like, your fish thing, it's inflamed them. <laughs> I don't mean to make you guys feel bad, but I keep swimming with them and they're all pretty angry about the fish thing. Ian Thorpe's like, I've studied the fish for many years. In many ways, I tried to emulate their behaviours. I was like, oh, a fish it's closeted gay like- man. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, obviously, Thorpe. Joking. Oh, no, he came out, he's not closeted anymore. Yeah, he came out ages ago. I, I forgot. <laughs> it sounded like you were angry about it. I can't fucking believe he did it. I'm still annoyed he didn't personally tell me. He yeah. just came out in the media. No, love Thorpey. Aussie icon. Love Thorpey. And he's a lot like a fish in that he's a very good swimmer mm. and huge feet. Um, but we can't. You know what they say about those? This was a different Thorpey. Yeah. This was a different Thorpey. And he wrote in saying, you guys should look into Thomas Pamphlet or Pamphlet because Dougal also said, look into Pamphlet Creek or something. Anyway, really? Apparently he's this one of the first Brisbaneers or something. I can't get the Instagram. I mean, who's getting the Instagram message up here? It's so. Okay, here we Nobody go. Knows, man. Biography. Thomas Pamphlet. I wonder if he just invented the pamphlet. No, he was a castaway. He became a brick, oh. he became a brickmaker in Manchester in England, and then he oh he stole five pieces of woolen cloth and a bay mare in the count, county of Chester. That's where my sister was born. He was found guilty, and his death sentence was commuted to transportation for fourteen years. He arrived in Sydney, shit place. And then he received Poor 100 bloke. lashes That's and 12 the months of irons. Oh, what? And then he got a conditional pardon. And then he got three other ticket of leave men. Oh, this, so this is just lame is. <laughs> this is literally just... Yeah, yeah, so true. So you get your yellow ticket of leave. <laughs> that means I'm free. No. No, you're going to a Sydney. Yeah. To go to Surrey Hills so he and gets sent enjoy to, a beer. So he gets sent to Brisbane. Yeah. What a legend. Migrated with help of the Aboriginals there. They The Aboriginal... Local Aboriginals helped him cross to the mainland. And then again, they helped them with food and directions and soon came upon a large river. Don't worry, I'm sure the English will suitably reward the Indigenous population for their help at the end of this story. Oh, what? Um, what? But as it was too wide to cross, they followed its banks upwards and then they ended up in Goodna. Zipped around a bit. John Ox. Oh, then he met up with John Oxley. So Oxley's got his creek. Pamphlet comes around. And then they're exploring the... Mer- Fuck, mate, this goes on. Oh, who cares, eh? Who cares? Whatever. Well, Apparently he was good. Let's talk about dicks again. Yeah, I, I, was, liking, <laughs> I was liking all the Bond stuff better. Um, Thomas Pamphlet yeah. apparently worked around the creek. Anyway, good. It's historical. Good on him. It's great. Good bloke. Can we talk about Terrace yet? Let's talk about contemporary. Well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. So there's a massive elephant in the room when it comes to contemporary Tennyson and it should probably better be described not as an elephant but as a gorilla. Gregly the gorilla. <laughs> did I say Gregly? Sounds like she said Gregly. <laughs> I think I did. I got distracted trying to turn down the levels on my headphones. Fair enough. Um, we're going to come. Yeah, we're going to That come. would be the most embarrassing single thing at a war cry <laughs> is if you were like, Gregly Terrace. <laughs> Screaming yourself hoarse against Nudgy. Yeah, Dennis. <laughs> Listen, we're going to talk about Terrace a fair bit. So we thought, I thought, maybe but there is going to be a dedicated episode where we talk about Terrace. Mate, we're going to absolutely and our and our time there. So this is it won't be all Terrace if that's what you're worried about. And I think it'll be some. Joe, would you say maybe we do Terrace Terrace stuff at the end of Contemporary? Do you think we quickly yeah. knock off these other little things I, so I then agree. we can then we can indulge in the fact that Terrace's playing you, fields you, were at Tennyson? Yes. Yeah, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, Henry and I went to the same school, a school called Terrace, um, and because it was geographically uh, like quite a small school in the inner city, um, not like 
oh, we went to a small school in the UNC. But um, our playing fields were really far away from the school at Tennyson. To the extent where I was like, didn't know Tennyson was a suburb. I thought that was just the name given Same. to Terrace's playing. I thought it was like, we're going to Tennyson and the house is there. Because also, a lot of Terrace boys lived in the houses in Tennyson. So I literally just thought it was a suburb of like the Terrace playing fields and like the rugby coach's house until like year 10. Yeah. I always, uh, it's why I still have very, very positive connotations with Tennyson. And I'm surprised we haven't done it as a suburb sooner just because so, I'm like, it's not really a suburb. That means you're not at school. It's like, oh, we're going out to Tennyson today. Fuck yeah, in house sport. So true. Cross country, man. Anyway, we'll talk about that soon. First, another elephant in the room is, yeah, listen, Tennyson is where the tennis centre is. Yep. It's very clever. It's very smart. We get it. I've, I'm i going to come out on a limb. Go out. I'm going to come on my limbs. I'm going to come on a limb. <laughs> and... Joe, what are you doing in that tree? <laughs> Fuck off, man. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's so funny. I think if there was a suburb that had rugby in its name, like mm. it annoys me that like Ballymore is in Hurst in this tiny fucking suburb and it's not called like footiness <laughs> or like anything. I think it's awesome. It's like oh, it's, good. it's like Tennis Sandgren, the tennis player. Yeah. Where they want us to believe he's called tennis because it was the name of his Swedish grandfather, but sure. I'm sorry. You wanted your kid to become good at tennis. You named him Tennis Sangren. Similar. I think it's hilarious that they put a suburb about tennis. Yeah. In tennis. I, I agree. A lot of people did write in. I know Joel Batham wrote in front of the show. Joel. Keenan yeah. Pakistani. And he said. <laughs> Pakistani. Because he's a bit smaller than anyone. He's I'm a Pakistani weenie purple pocket dog bikini. I wouldn't say Joel's small. But anyway. He wrote in and said that. Uh, <laughs> what would you say then? What did I just say? So I wouldn't say that Joel is small. No, do you think he's large? No, I'd say he's a thin guy, but I wouldn't call him small. <laughs> You've just done it four times. Gentlemen, pack up the tapes. We got him. Joel, I know you're listening. And <laughs> he I definitely do. is. I think you're perfect. And But he seemed to say, someone thought they were very clever putting it in Tennyson, but That's true. I think it's the perfect location to have it in Tennyson. Anyway. Oh, I'm going to be honest, like... I'm sure if it came down to a final battle between two suburbs, the fact it's tennis influenced their decision, but they were never going to put it in somewhere where it like would be functionally insane to have a tennis centre. No, yeah, you're like, right. Like, yeah, if it was, if, if tennis and was Petrie Terrace or something, they weren't yeah. just going to be like, well, clear the barracks. Yeah. And I mean, like there's a, there's tennis courts at Milton. Like they clearly were like, we could put a tennis centre here. True. But there is, but there's so much more space at tennis. There's nothing in that pocket of Tennyson, there's one block of apartments that the floor flooded during the floods. Mate, you know, I have spent a lot of time at the tennis centre and I've never seen a game of tennis played there. What's that? Well, because I was always away when they played it. But because it was always in January when they do like the Brisbane Open. So I never saw, I never saw like a professional tennis match played. But I was there. I worked for Tennis Australia. Oh, this, this is a is little right. known fact. I was, you haven't written this down, but... No, I just remembered it then. Ah, yes. Um, I was an athlete education officer for Tennis Australia. It was one of my first and, jobs in uni. And break that down for me, Henry. Is that like a like a tutor for young athletes? Yeah, it was for it was for one guy named Mitch who I don't know how his career. I think I've heard still, of him, Nick Curios. Yes, for this one guy named uh, Daniel Medvedev, <laughs> um, who our friend Jen reckons looks like Orlando Bloom. Don't know what and you guys. I think. don't think he's hot at all. Gender. I thought Djokovic v Medvedev was. One of the ugliest matches, both in terms. If only of it was ugly in terms of yeah, in terms of the fucking tennis. I wish it was a bit more competitive and ugly. Yeah, it was legit. just a slogging. Anyway, 
thematic. We are talking about it's, tennis. It's thematic that we've done tennis in this week. I now think that is actually very the, true. On with the, the back of coming the off the Open. Open final, well done to Naomi Osaka but and less so to Novak Djokovic. I don't like it all, but I love, her, I love but Naomi. So. I love Naomi. So that's great. She rocks. As do I love Barty and Serena, and actually just. Isn't it funny how all of the women's tennis stars are much better people yeah. seemingly across the board than the few of the flogs they got over there and the men's? But anyway. Now, bring me back to the era of the blonde European Steffi Graf player who, you know, they'll. Don't even know what I'm getting at here. You've got my this point- look in your eye and I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My point is just that, like, it's not too likable, but it's just so funny the disparity between I like Nick Kyrgios and then basically the entire women's draw. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to like Medvedev or like I don't Medvedev. I was liking Sitsapass better. Yes, he's I fun. mean Federer everyone. And like Kokonakis. Kokonakis, I thought was cool. <laughs> Kokonakis would suit our James Bond bit. That'd be funny. <laughs> Cock and asses. Cock in your ass. There's a cock in my ass, and I'm Jeez. going, and I'm, <laughs> and I need an eight, I need a, a double O agent. Lesson. Maybe even a triple O. This could be pretty fucking cool. An ambulance. Triple O seven. <laughs> I need seven. I need a fire brigade. A paramedic with a license to kill. They all have licenses to kill. Triple O seven. It's like you're fire. You're, you can kill the fire. Don't just don't just put it out. Murder it. Triple <laughs> All right. But yes, so you worked as an athlete education officer. Tennis player named Mitch, who I think is an American now playing. He was fucking good, I'm told. I never saw him play. But he needed to get through homeschooling and the school were just being a little bit inattentive to certain aspects. Uh, Probably. And so I helped him get through English and legal ed. And um, so I went over there. Like, mate, it was a few few mornings a week for like a couple of hours in his gorgeous apartment at the tennis centre there. Oh, amazing. So looking out of the river. Wait, so did they put him up at the tennis centre? Yeah, yeah, him and his mum and his brother lived there. Apparently his brother's very good too. Oh, wow. Keep an eye out for these people. But yeah, um, and the jo- I actually got the job for through a uh, friend of the show, Kenan Pakistani, Hattie's mum. Oh, yes. Who worked no, with I heard about this. So she, yeah, yeah, she yeah. set me out with it. So oh, hell yeah. I um, She set you up with Mitch. She set me up over there with the tennis. And, and there was one very cool shoot where we did sit in a glass-plated conference room next oh. to the tennis court. So we were doing like... Donahue and Stevenson yeah. next to the main court of, of Where you'd never believe center. it, but... Oh, Pat Rafter arena. Well, uh, Stefan, Donahue and Chris <laughs> Stevenson were actually playing each other in a singles match. <laughs> there you go. Every so, law case I read is a tennis match. Is a tennis match, <laughs> exactly. Hodson so, and Gorringe. And it's a five-setter. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. But um, another thing, the reason that that's, that is important, whether it wasn't always the tennis centre. And somehow, like the show always does, we arrive right back at Scooby-Doo. Say it like it always does. It's because you're obsessed with Scooby-Doo. Hell yeah. It's like us being like, and somehow <laughs> we've mentioned cricket. Roll. You'd never believe it. Reticent. <laughs> the, the first sequence in the Scooby-Doo film that we've covered. Oh, at that filmed warehouse. Filmed in Brisbane. The warehouse where the spooky ghost comes that, through. Tell you what, sequence. that's genuinely scary. Yeah. It smashes through the window flying yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, it's not related scary. to the plot. They just get him. Yeah. It's not spooky island related. It was more just setting the scene. But I think it's important for fans of the original show to be like, it's not one long mystery to play out over an hour and a half. Mm. We'll give you a classic bite-sized Scooby-Doo mystery that they're solving. And well, as we know, it was written to be an M18 comedy. Yeah. Go back and so listen sure to the Scooby-Doo the ghost episode. would have been like a dildo bursting through the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm cum ghost. You've got that look in your eye, Henry. I'm worried. <laughs> Scooby-Doo, they all break up after that sequence. But that was filmed in the old creepy factory that got knocked down to oh. build the tennis centre. Wait, so the tennis centre is recent? 
Yeah, I remember it being built. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, I've knew it was there only, I went to Tennyson for the first time in year eight, so 2012. Yeah. And in my mind, so was it there before the floods? Tennis Centre. Let me just have a look. Yeah. Like, and the Tennis Centre was... Because my perception 2009. Oh, oh wow. and that was on the site of the former Tennis and Power Centre. So that was oh. the coal... That makes sense. Oh, it's so like the a power huge station, huge, abandoned, terrifying Scooby-Doo. So 1986, wow. they Amazing abandoned... had an instinct to write down, we should talk about this power station. Without really knowing why. That's how my Scooby senses were tingling. Literally. That's my, mi- really that's my that mystery. That, that makes sense. because So 1986, they closed the coal-powered Tennyson yeah. power station. It's just like an abandoned, creepy warehouse yeah. for ages. Right. They filmed the opening sequence of Scooby-Doo in there, probably why they kept it around for so long, and then destroyed it into that to build the tennis centre around 2009. Amazing. But get this, the way they destroyed it, explosions so we have that a few, is so cool we have a few family friends who live around the Tennyson area yeah and just sent out letters and said hey guys just get ready for this we're doing an explosive demolition of the old coal plant oh, as a means of building the tennis center here um so yeah they they blew it up literally just boom and everyone stood on their deck and i didn't see it i'm very sad that i didn't oh god that you didn't i, I mean, our I've friends just stood on their deck and watched and heard this it like, sounds they like said it was river fire shattering yeah steroids shattering i've always hated river fire but i'd love to see an explosion like that what i wouldn't give to watch a building blow up oh, that'd and be not incredible. be like a worrying situation like not be 9 11 um yeah man if i oh, could just see a build but even it still be um be interesting <laughs> now yeah Okay. Uh, before we get to Terrace. Yeah. One of my major... My only experience with Tennyson that isn't um, Terrace related, although it is sort of Terrace related, it's not playing fields related, is uh, there's this certain Terrace family, large Terrace family who lives in Tennyson, uh, and I did drama with the son. Um, friend of yours. Friend of mine. Um, and this family has plenty of uh, money to kick around. And I went over there knowing that, uh, but they live in this beautiful house in Tennyson. And, you know, it was always, you, you're a dickhead, younger bloke. It's always the joke in the year of like, oh, so-and-so's, oh, he's rich, blah, blah, blah. But we went there, beautiful house, loved it. We were practicing our drama. But his mother came in and it was the greatest ever sign of generosity. And I I was rocked. She was like, oh, boys, I'll, I'll sort Lunch, we're like, oh, great, Mama. I was thinking like sandwiches or whatever. She's like, oh, how do we all feel about meat pies? And in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, meat pies, incredible. She's going to go to like Brumby's or whatever and like get some pies, maybe some pies to share. She comes back with these gourmet, I think they were like lamb and rosemary meat pies. They would have had to have caught. And important thing to know about the story, the net cost of everything isn't crazy. But for pies, so basically these incredibly expensive pies, I say they're probably like $7. And there were four of us boys rehearsing drama. She comes back with eight pies. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, cool, some pies for the rest of the family when she gets home. And she announces, boys, two pies each. I'm sorry it's not more. Dig in. I was on the floor, Henry. I was fucked up. (laughs) Have you ever been to a friend's house? And been offered two pies. Can I say this? Yeah. I know the family you're talking about is, I I also have, of my age group, a very good friend. Um, yeah. She's in, in this family. So we know all the family. I, yeah. And the house folks listening at home, I can't tell you, like, it is so nice. It's a mansion. It's on the creek. 
it has a cave, like not like a weird cave, like a nice cave as part of it. Mm. It is an incredibly beautiful, very full of art, and it's just with not only beautiful people, but beautiful homes. And played- I like that the sign of wealth to Joe <laughs> walking into this fucking beautiful architectural <laughs> mansion is, oh, I've got a pie. I got two pies. That was the signifier of these guys are well off. I'll say not this, the fact Henry. that you were standing under an original Monet. I'll say this. I know, I was going to say, I know, I know multiple quite wealthy families. Never once <laughs> have I been offered two pies. <laughs> I've been offered like fucking caviar. I've never been offered two pies. It's, it's a pretty thing. It's, it's pretty. It's nice. a meal that is totally based around having one. It's a self-sufficient yes. stew wrapped in pastry, and I was offered two. It's amazing because an hour earlier we'd been playing touch footy in their garage because wow. it's that big. <laughs> we were playing. I think it was like a three-a-side game of touch footy in the garage, yeah. and I was too. Admittedly, it was also awesome. There was a sparkling water tap to go with the two pies. So it was amazing. So you had a you had a bubbly water and two pies. <laughs> it was incredible. Young Joe was. Oh, I was smoking. in year eleven. I was just absolutely frothing it, mate. But it's part of the reason I have such positive memories of Tedis. Is not only a beautiful family, but. Lots of beautiful made pies. I have to quickly, I've, just, I've remembered this as well. It's not pie related, but that same family, because of where they lived and they did rowing with me, yeah. um, because of where they lived, they could get access to the yeah. creek, the same creek upon which the terrace rowing shed was on at Tennyson. And they... Oxley Creek. Yeah. And one of the sons had gone... Because when you do a rowing regatta, you go back to the shed because you have to wash the boats and mm. de-rig them. It's usually like quite a, a collegial time. It's a bit of fun. Um, very fairly seeing they live minutes away from Tennyson. Uh, the This family went home and I think just like dropped off their stuff or something. Yeah. And then one of the sons goes, oh, well, w- rather than driving back, I'll just get in the tinny. So jumps in the tinny. It'd be like, what, a minute oh, to the mate, shed. Even that, yeah. So yeah. jumps in the tinny, zips up to the terrace boat shed. Now, fairly intense guy. I got along with him quite well, but the director of rowing at the time um, blew up about it. <laughs> And was like, everyone else has driven here. Everyone else has driven. And you've gone home and got in your boat and got in your little boat and come up. <laughs> Mate, take the boat home, get out and drive here like everyone else. And I, at first I was like, oh, maybe it's like an elitism thing. Like we all don't have houses on the river. We can't mm. all just like zip around. I mean, no one else had an issue with it. But then I'm sure like, also it's terrace. There are a number of very nice cars that people have driven there yeah, in. Like. Yeah, we weren't just like coming up in horse and carriage. There was probably the Audis <laughs> on the fucking front, like nicer than this tinny. Also, if I saw someone coming in a horse and carriage, I'd go, you're richer than any of us. <laughs> That's been. insane. Come from Central Park. But <laughs> then he so has to go home. And I think the rowing director needing to give a reason was just like, oh, you know, you got to take that boat back, mate, because it's not safe. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, what do you think we're doing all day today? <laughs> if you think boats are unsafe, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong profession. <laughs> also, the director of rowing. We're about to, here's one, we've been in boats all day. <laughs> also, if you think it's not safe to have, be going on a tinny, why are you asking him to double the risk by driving it back? Surely you'd be like, more it here, man, until we can get it out of here safely. <laughs> Dear God, man, get or away from that. tow it home or something. Uh, that is insane, Henry. So the other thing I wanted to quickly say, uh, we I don't have experience with this because I, as is well litigated, I didn't really catch the train around and definitely not to Tennyson because I didn't live anywhere near it. But apparently the train line was very bad. Oh, Think right. Discontinued as a train stop now. But um, William Darcy Selleck wrote in, friend of the show, Kiana Pakistani, and he said that, um, here he goes on about, he goes, the def- the now defunct Tennyson line. He goes line, on about. 
Oh, I, I listened to the, I looked at this on uh, Wikipedia, and I think in 2011 they said they ditched the tennis and train line and said we have no intention of bringing it back. Wow. So they said the now, and, and William might be implying he had something to do with it, says the now defunct tennis and train line used to save literal minutes on the commute home. It was that slow and there were that many stops, he seems to be saying. So he said QR probably weren't a fan of school kids jumping out of the first three carriages onto the tracks when they Whoa. got on the wrong half of the train. Now, he doesn't give that much explanation behind that. So I'm like, what does that look like? He they, They're jumping. So does the back half stop? So the less of the train has to stop at Tennyson Station. What is no, the? I, I'm confused. QR mate, they they got a tough job there. They went. We had a guy from QR come to talk to the school no, once, kidding. and he like uh, motivational speakers come in and sometimes you know they try to win you over and then scare you a bit into not doing drugs or drinking or anything like that. This guy I remember red in the face was a representative from Queensland Rail, and he just stood in front of all of Grade Nine and was like yelled at us for 45 minutes, being like, "Don't go on the train lines." <laughs> Don't do it. Not now. Not ever. Don't even think about it. Don't Joe Howard, who we've spoken about on the show mm. before, but used to do it just for years after this assembly, just did the funny. He's like, I bet you think you're cool. You think, oh, I want to impress my mates. A guy on the train like, don't go on the train <laughs> lines. Don't even think about it. Have you, you ever been tempted even to dream. go on the train lines? No. No, me neither. One time I dropped a glove on the train line. <laughs> In, gutted. in Japan, and I was like, I'm going to go down and get that. And mum was like, no. Now, famously, Japan's are quite fast. They're called bullets uh, in Japan. <laughs> you know, so. You're not seeing the uh, bullet train coming anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, don't do that. But then he goes, and I, we were like, oh, cool, mate. What, what's, and then we asked a little bit more about the Tedison line. And he goes, well, he went, he goes, I went to lorries and I live in Corinda and I can remember commandeering entire carriages on the Tedison line to play cricket with rulers and grapes. Awesome. That's fucking sick. So getting a ruler and a grape. Mad. I wonder if they were red grapes, like purple, so they look. Yeah, swing like, a bit more if it's a red grape. Yeah, Those true. seeds are a bit heavier. You can spin them. And get it to reverse. And yeah, everything. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it has to be only full tosses because if the grape hits the ground, it's yeah. splattering. Yeah, true. So you go, yeah. After a few years of it, Queensland Rail started putting security on that train specifically. I'm sure it was less about grape cricket and more about the fact that you've earlier <laughs> admitted people were jumping on the train line. It does, it does seem like everything that happens at a school, which is like major bureaucratic decision. Oh, it's because we we're being a bit cheeky, mate. Oh, <laughs> and then yeah. Will, Will says, I don't want to say we were the badasses that in, we were that badass that we influenced Queensland Rail's budgets, but you do the maths. And then he said, badass can also be interpreted as little fucking shits. And is nah, that's pretty badass. I like it though. Um, Good on him. All right, mate. We've mucked around. Let's go to, let's talk. Let's all talk right. about the playing fields at Terrace in tennis. Now, Henry, you and I had, I'd say somewhat similar memories and similar roles. Mm. Um, you were not a great rugby player. No. Nor was I. You would have played a lot more than I did. Um, I had a little streak where I was okay in like year nine. I think mm. I got to the seat. When I say like not good, I don't mean you're No, bad, no, no. I, no, I really wasn't. My main role at Tennyson by the time I left was because we were both we were both vice captains at Terrace. Yep. As our friends insufferably know because we talk about it all the time. War cries. At yep. the end of the day... Doesn't matter how skilled you were at passing or kicking or whatever, you know. In my final year, that first fifteen had some stars. There's a couple of blokes in it who are now Wallabies. A lot of Reds players, oh, a lot true. of very successful. Did you have, you had Harry Wilson, didn't you? Wilson, he was playing that year. Isaac Lucas, Josh Nasser. Oh, jeez. Um, really talented outfit. Yeah. Uh, but still, I felt like the greatest outfit of the ground, mate, because I was given the war cries. Yeah. At the end of the day, loud voice. I was confident. a little bit louder than most people, and very confident. And gee, you felt like a 
fucking alpha. Oh, I don't mate. care if I was watching Silky running. If I could belt out a war cry louder than anyone, that's all that mattered. Yeah, not to wax lyrical too much about it, but I don't know if any performance has given me a high of knowing you're standing up before your entire school doing a war cry and not just the, the high of this could go well and if you fuck oh. up, if you stumble, if you breathe at the wrong moment, <laughs> they will turn if on you tempo, like a pack of wolves. It's the reason why Henry, who can't play the bass, has such amazing timing in the mangroves because if your tempo was yeah. off for a half second with the war cry... It was literally like walking a tightrope. I heard, heard a like, bloke... Red, black, red. That's wrong. <laughs> red, red, black, red. Yeah. Red, I, I heard, black, red. I heard a bloke stumble. I don't think you said gleggly terrorist, but like <laughs> I heard a bloke stumble a bit and like people still talk about it. I think it was yeah. like... Um, it was like... It, oh, it was like... <laughs> It wasn't this, but it was like on the jaddles we go through in life, like oh, yeah. you're trying to say on the battles oh, we well, go through. Mate, the Husker prayer was that was when yeah everyone had formed a tunnel when the first were about to run on. They'd taken their very, I then it's very bro the, the whole. Well, I think it was in a Queensland Reds video as well. The Husker prayer day by day, yeah. get better and better. We're not gonna. I mean, we could do an episode <laughs> where we just sit here doing war crimes, doing war crimes each other. But yeah, it's it's. A big part of Tennyson for me is that, and yeah, it's it's funny how in hindsight we were just yelling and people were yelling back, but I felt so much more superior than like now Wallabies players. Bro, I, put, I was like, I, had, I was like, you can't do what I do. We had strategy sessions. Like I was like, this. Oh, like, yeah. I would wake up on Saturday, put my school uniform on, and be like, it's my game day. I once printed out the Terrace War Cry and stuck it to the back of every seat because it was the at like the official school war cry in the like original was like indigenous dialect. Yeah. Right. Um, so I've just got a bunch, a woke school. <laughs> bunch of white boys to send around and say that, which on reflection isn't probably great. Um, <laughs> but printed it out and put it on so that everyone would like get up and do it. Mate, I was like trying to, I tried to write new ones, which never went down well. Yeah. Like you just got to stick to your, here, here we are, your, we are the armies, mm. your red, black, reds, your, why don't you give me a, why don't you give me a, like all that sort of <laughs> shit. Oh my, I just want to, Dude, podcasting sucks, bro. Podcasting doesn't looking. get podcasting and music problem, just doesn't give you the fucking problem, same rush as standing up and problem with music doing a is, war. I see why war happens. Is everyone everyone wants you to do well? Same with podcasting. Not in nothing will beat the negativity of a boys' school. The thrill of getting something right when and it was the same. Like when I was in year nine or year ten or whatever, seeing someone lead a war cry in my mind, I was like, nothing would be funnier here than you fucking up. <laughs> Your failure would make my day more than anything else right now. I mean, the Holy Grail was a testy pop. If you could get a, oh, why don't you give me a <laughs> tea? <laughs> mate, you're done. Go pop your pimple in the bathroom, uh, mate. It's over. All right. Do you have any big lasting other memories from the tennis and playing fields? A big one is like going to the canteen because you spend a whole day there. By the time you've, because I was very low in the grades, I'd play like my fifth game rugby and then stick around, get have a shower, put my uniform yeah. on and just stick around all day. And then some of the great days, earnestly, I loved supporting the school. It would just be running. I didn't play rugby. I'd just Turn literally up. get there at 8am and be like, right, what am I going to do all day? And you're there all day. just like, And it'd, it'd be great. You'd actually go, there was one time where I went and watched like a year five game and their coach mm. didn't show up. So I, just took over as coach oh, for the day and nothing, nothing gave a better. speech in the middle of halftime where I said a very loud F word at like, I mean, we say it here. I was like, go out and fucking beat this Saint like fucking churchy team. 
And then they were the like, parents. yeah. And then the parents were not happy. The, the, <laughs> the vice captains walked out and just screamed fuck in the faces of these, like, what ha- What are they, like, 10-year-olds? Less. Um, We'd better talk about age. What? Less. They're not less. Younger? I can if you... Year five would be about 10. It'd be nine. Nine turning 10? No, I think eight turning nine. No, nah, because... You turn 12 in year five. I mean, in year seven. <laughs> For sure. Get out. <laughs> I'm turning off the my friends. Get the fuck out of this podcast. Yeah, so you screamed fuck. But you, you'd hang out there all day. And double the ki- digits. Good on them. Thank you. But yeah, there, there, were, there were nice moments like that. But there were kids like, you go to the canteen and stuff and you get like a big thing of juice. And a lot of time old boys would um, come. I wonder whether this is a thing at other schools. Yeah, at Terrace, they sold litres of Golden Circle juice. <laughs> in like cardboard <laughs> containers. Like yeah. for about $4. And they would have had like six times your daily <laughs> sugar intake. These things were like 1,200 calories because you were drinking a litre of processed juice. The lactic acid burnt your mouth so badly. But in terms of calorie... V price, it was heads and shoulders the best thing there. When I had like six or seven dollars for my name, I'd just get a thing of juice because I was like, I know this is just sugar, but this will hot me up for the whole day. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so they sold those. And a, a lot of time, thing. old boys would come and parents would be like, why did they sell alcohol? But they did sell alcohol. And uh, did they? See, there was a game years and years ago, apparently, where, and I won't use names in this because I'm not sure who's involved, but what apparently happened is that. They were serving alcohol because it was a big game where, game where old boys and parents had come out. Everyone got pissed. And then the head of sport walks onto the crowd. There was an old boy who was causing a nuisance. Yeah. And apparently just decks this bloke. <laughs> In my mind, I was told the referee came over or something. Anyway, Bedlam breaks out. Apparently like a 200-person fist fight a la a film of just <laughs> everyone fighting each other uncontrollable old boys, parents, everyone just pissed oh drunk God. on rums in front of the children of this school, just toxic masculinity running wild yeah. through an environment that didn't need dads, any more of it. Dads who got beaten up by older boys in the 80s and now mm. reckon, oh, i got to dish it back. So apparently that's why alcohol is banned at the Tennyson now. But I do like to think that when all the parents and old boys were fighting a bit of a war cry, start, like the boys turned away from the rugby game and started doing a bit of a... <laughs> Yeah, for the actual are. war, and then when an actual war came out, you get mm. them out. Uh, now, um, speaking of that, just very quickly, Henry, one yeah, of one of the great things that happened um, in terms of teachers and authority figures not being able to cr- control old boys was in 2016 when I know very few people care, but Terrace finally beat our arch rivals Nudgee for the first time in about 12 years. Now, just quickly, context, Joe. The Terrace Nudgee game is the Super Bowl of yep. um, the calendar, the yep. sporting calendar at Terrace. It doesn't so. matter where people are on a ladder. It's the grand final. It's, it's like the Ashes in ultimately it's the only game that really matters. We'll touch on it in a later episode about the history between the Terrace and Nudgee rivalry and why it means so much. But that is a huge mm. fucking game. Like we're talking like you get like 20,000 people in to yeah. watch this because it's kind of if you're an old it's boy, the it's the, the one you'll come to. fly back to Brisbane to watch. And you know what it also is, mate? Every girls' school in oh, Brisbane, yeah. that was like the place to be. That's oh, it's such a scene. If you were a year nine or Hallows girl wearing your boyfriend's terrace schnook oh. hoodie, walking around wearing that, like that, that was that was status. That it's was it was just insane. Or, yeah. Um, but very, so very it gets cool. to 2016, my last year, and we have this team packed with stars. You know, as I said before, some of whom are like Wallabies, um, and it looks like we're gonna win. 
And I was and I was there this day as an old boy. Henry's and all the old boys are sitting behind one of the try lines. Yeah. Pouring rain for a big so part of it the was game. belting rain. Um, my blazer I had to get dry clean multiple times. I couldn't wear it again for two weeks because I was out there letting war cries and it was soaking wet, mate. It was the dream. I was soaked to the bone. But um, once we realised that we're going to win, like probably five minutes before the end, the teachers shoot themselves in the foot because they start telling everyone who's listening, don't rush the field. Whatever you do, you're not allowed to rush the field. No rushing of the field, okay. And Basically incepting people. Like, there might have been an idea about it beforehand, but we all heard that and went, righto, we're rushing the fucking field. And so they started posting up these teachers in, I'd say like they were trying to run a ratio of one teacher to every 15 boys. And they're slowly forming like this shoulder to shoulder wall in front of the stadium where the boys are. But they didn't account for just how many fucking people were there and the fact they were old boys. And so when the final (laughs) whistle blew, I've never seen humans run onto a field more quickly from every corner. And these teachers, many of whom were big rugby blokes, were getting bowled over by year fives as muddy as anything. It's a miracle no one drowned. We just charged into the middle of the field. And they were like, any school captain who does it will be stripped. And we're like, no, no, no. But the best sight for me was like old boys and dads running in as well. But the few teachers who still wanted authority just ran in and were physically picking up year fives by the neck to pull them out of this pile of people. <laughs> I'm like, mate, at this point, you've lost. They rushed the field. Give up. It's happened. They were like strangling these kids and pulling them out. But yeah, just very entertaining. That's why I don't fucking get teachers sometimes, man. Like, just sit, like, if you're a teacher, you have to do your job. It was the ones who seemed like physically and emotionally furious about yeah. this. Like, I can't understand why these fucking children would yeah. run on the field to celebrate. I'm like, you, you have to tell point, people to not run on the field. At I'm some sure point, your rule. duty of care, you tried to act in favour of it, and you you fa- like you failed. Not yeah. because of your own negligence. You just couldn't. You, you were overpowered. You're not getting duty in trouble. Duty of care. It's about taking reasonable steps. It's like when I look back now, and I'm like, there are teachers who I have memories of being in like year two, and a teacher being like, shut the fuck up. And like screaming and crying. And I'm like, bro, that's like, if I look at like a six-year-old child now as a 25-year-old man, I'm like, bro, if that kid, what would that kid have to do to make me fucking scream like that? Oh, so funny thing about all teachers getting upset. <laughs> Just, and they're great. And they're great. People, it's like, you, it's a they're kid. kids. Like, they're kids. They but can't it even does watch fucking speak, M movies, bro. It does speak to how you're able to psychologically wear someone down over the course of like a year. Which like if you're a group of 20 kids... And kids can be so mean, you can just chip away at someone. One, um, you did mention that nudgy game as well. The nudgy game, it, when the field was rushed by the old boys, um, I remember a oh, who was it? Um, I think Connor Connor Maroney. Yeah, it was Con- yeah. Um, or Maloney. He was a um a very good rugby player. Maroney. He, he ran out, and I think at the time it was already being looked at by Wallabies and and development squads and whatnot. And Mister Cutterhe. <laughs> My house dean thought he could take him, <laughs> so he runs at him to tackle I him. I didn't want to mention Cuz, but Cuz was the biggest teacher who was like, "You're not rushing the fucking field." Mate, Cuz, who's a, like a great bloke, yeah, was so vigilant on the field thing. But he tries to tackle Conor Moran. I'm like, "Here's one, bro. You're a, you're <laughs> an old teacher, and this guy's on the cusp of the Wallabies." 
He steps in. Cards <laughs> goes for the dive tackle. This is a student graduated by one year. Cards just goes, fa- and as we mentioned, it had been raining, literally face plants into a puddle of mud. <laughs> and Maroney gets past him. And that was when the boy, just everyone charged. That was just warfare. <laughs> oh. A lot of fun. Speaking of people running on the field, I know we've gone all about this and we said we wouldn't, but here we are. Um, you know, it was like customary for the seniors of the graduating year to like get a, the school a gift, usually like a plaque or yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a stand yes. or something. Everyone puts it in <laughs> Always the most useless gift. Yeah, everyone puts it in a bit of money. So the year before I was in year 12, the gift given by the seniors was a giant inflatable gorilla head, like our mascot, <laughs> Gregly, the gorilla. Gregly. And for, it was a tunnel. So the idea being when the first 15 ran onto the field, they would run through the back of the head of this giant gorilla <laughs> and come out the mouth. Now, I thought it was very funny. <laughs> So I was like, hell yeah, when we get to fucking footy season, we can use this huge giant gorilla head. It's going to be sick. The first 15, taking the rugby seriously, just wanted a man-human tunnel. And I would always be like, nah, bloke, like, come on, let's get, the, let's get the giant gorilla head up. And it came to a bit of a head where the first 15 and I were sort of in a standoff. And they were like, mate, like, we don't want to run through this fucking ridiculous head. Now, looking back at it now... Fair enough. It's completely ridiculous. They're about it's to go out there and execute their skills. You look like you're at a used car salesman <laughs> running through this fucking giant inflatable gorilla. But at the, but thinking then of like in the mode of war cries and theatre and flags mm. and, and regalia, I was like, no, this is a guy who loves this is, sport. I was like, this is ridiculous. It's a show. It's the war cries. This, this is production. This is my production. On, what are you doing? So then it got to a point where we were in the principal's office, captain of the first fifteen, dear friend of mine, Angus as well, and also a vice captain. And we had to have like a mini debate. He was like, listen, I just think the boys don't think the giant gorilla head really takes the rugby seriously. And then it got to the point where the Dean of Sports and the principal were having a standoff over it. And the principal just had to put his fist out, came down on my side and was like, they're running through it. (laughs) Now the first 15 in the change room clearly had a solid protest. So the gorilla, fully inflated and up and ready to go on the field, they just ran down the side next to it. <laughs> there was no sadder aside than me fuming and watching the first 15 running on to play rugby, running and like brushing with their shoulders the ear of a huge inflated <laughs> ape. And just me just there <laughs> be like, they were meant You'd to come like, out the dare. mouth. <laughs> you were meant to come out the gorilla's mouth. How dare you, boys? How dare you? Um, we mentioned earlier the rowing shed is there <laughs> as well. I, this was a place of... Well, I loved rowing and got a lot out of it and still think it's a good school. Um, ergos. Yeah, ergos was just a uh, a big part of it. I don't know if you've been to gyms, you see rowing machines. Um, we'll say, oh my, <laughs> you weren't a very good sports person. Did have a good ergo for a while there. I was all right mm. at rowing for a bit. I was, I was a, I, not like you, but I was a handy rower. Yeah, you're tall. I, you got the build for it. When in year nine, when there were 14 quads, I was in the seventh. So yeah, I was stone cold in the middle of the pack. Mm, it's great. So then, but the ergo, it was always like a bit of, oh, what is pain? Like, we always have to say, pain. There was an obsessive terror saying of what is pain in relation to ergos. Now, well, the thing was always, what is pain? And you'd all back, fresh bread. I think oh, that was, was right. But it was like, what is pain? Fresh bread. But I thought about it now. Shouldn't it have been French bread? Because pain is the French word for bread. Oh, I didn't even... What is pain? Um, French I just bread. remember being in year nine and hearing that for the first time. Just going, what the fuck is up with rowing? It made no sense to me. It's cultish. But... It's very cultish. They, yeah. And there was also the thing of, what is pain? It's just weakness leaving the body. To which Don McCall would always be like, no, it's my mind telling my body to stop to protect it. So... Cool guy. Hey, <laughs> come on. Yeah, she is. Dom and I were, you know, struggled through rowing together. But 
they would all and as you mentioned earlier, mate, they'd let us go sculling in the creek out there. Um, and because now we know there was no wildlife, but I remember they were always like, "Don't intentionally jump out of the boats." But everyone would because it was so hot and you'd love swimming. So we'd play pirates where you'd row up next to someone's skull, jump out and capsize them. A lot of fun. And then one time they were like, if you fall out of the boat into Oxley Creek, you will get a syringe in your foot. There's a lot of users around here. <laughs> this is like some coach trying to make this way. He's like, there's a lot of users around here. You'll end up with a syringe in your foot. And then like one kid, like Linus, was like, so how would a syringe stand up in the creek? And the teacher had to like draw the longest bow and be like, well, the handle could get stuck in the mud. And it is the the syringe could at that point be uh, positioned upwards. At one point, if you fell out of the boat and came down on it, you would have a syringe through your foot. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Sir, the mud wouldn't be able to like on." He was like, "Just don't fall out of the fucking boat." But one last thing I want to touch on in that, but before we wrap this up, before the head of the river in year twelve, there was a tradition to do a rowing salute. So literally, you'd strike like a. It was a strike, basically. You just like have to hold the door still. <laughs> it's strike. It's strike. It's, what a cool, not homoerotic sport. <laughs> so it's strike. So the, pa- so the parents and photographers would line the banks of the <laughs> creek and then you'd row in and go, strike. And you'd like hold the oar still and just float along and they'd all clap <laughs> for every crew. <laughs> like, a, like a guard of honor and respect before head of the river. Now, my crew, the, sec- the open seconds, were like, let's do something a bit different. So we were like, all right, when they say strike, we'll take one hand off the oar and do a one-handed oh, strike. No. So we all just go, yeah, and just do a fist or something. So we're like, all right, we <laughs> row fast. It's like, and now the open twos, terrace rowing, strike. We all lift one arm up. Now looking back at it, absolutely looks like we're doing a black power thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to do a meaningful Not statement incredibly of white boys just policy on the admissions of indigenous ba- students. Heads bowed. <laughs> Fists in the sky. <laughs> not only that, I did the wrong fist. Everyone did right, I did left. So I'm not only doing black power, but I'm doing it wrong. Very embarrassing. But yeah. That is so funny. Tennyson, what a place. <laughs> Let's talk about Manscaped. Now, Henry, you really need to get to grips with that quarantine bush of yours, and I have the best solution possible. If you want modern technology, if you want grooming that looks great, all in an affordable package with a great discount code, then Manscaped is your best option. The Lawnmower 3.0 is cutting edge and cutting hairs. No, it's annoying. You like what I did there? I love what you did there. And you know what's annoying? My, I can't sleep because every time I get into bed, I feel, hear this little voice. Thank you. Thank what? you, Henry. Who's thanking ball. you? It's my balls. They're oh, yelling out from under the dune. your balls will thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's and not just marketing. They, they really have thanked me. Mate, do you know what? I, I, I took the Manscaped undies the other day to the to the gym. God, they're breathable. Oh, really? Because I'd, I'd recently used the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Because you tried the undies with a bit of sweat wicking technology. Sweat wicking. Because I know you battle with chafing, although it's never been a problem for me. Uh, <laughs> <just> slipping, sure. <laughs> slipping that in there. Um, so that's it. So the underwear is good too. Yeah. <laughs> it is good. It's a great underwear. <laughs> but I, I was going to say to you, mate, it was, it was light. And when I look at screens all day and stuff, I get a little, oh. So I turn my lights off and still was able to see because I literally use the LED light on the Lawnmower 3.0. Because my oh, eyes so were you tired were from in reading the news and doing radio shit all day. So you it, I was like, oh, we always talk about the LED light on the lawnmower 3.0, but it actually, it, it's bloody useful. And then, mate, Manscaped just kept offering up the packets. I got the bloody ball deodorant after that. So Kidding. it didn't smell like 
shaved pubes. I don't know. I like the smell of... That's awesome. One of the beautiful smells is a Sunday morning and mowing pubes and by Manscaped. Pubes, right? yeah. uh, and if you're tempted, ladies and gentlemen, use the code Brisbane. I'm begging you use the code Brisbane. You're going to be getting 20% off and free shipping. Yeah. And what's more than that, you're going to be getting free shipping and 20% off. Both ways you look at it, it's a fucking deal. You can switch the words around as much as you want. So, yeah. I mean, I know we're... And this is the thing. Even though we're out of quarantine, I still think we're not going out as much. There's oh, a lot people of people still in a quarantine grooming mode. I reckon they're people sharing less. So I ask you, mate, how long has it been since you shared that quarantine bush of yours? Go to manscaped.com. Use the code word Brisbane. You'll get 20% off free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Code word is Brisbane. 20% off free shipping. Girls, I'm Tennyson Funk. This is a tricky one, Henry. Mm. I'm going to say no. So am I. There's something about low population, high school sport ground, obsessive tennis athletes. Like there's there's nothing to sink your teeth into in that area which fucks. At its at its best, I don't see the argument for how it fucks. At its best, it's flirty, big group of girls turn up as we mentioned because girls would come and watch. Yeah. You know what it is? A lot of it. Um, how do you uh, figuring out that your mate's sisters are attractive? Yeah, would come up a lot. That was the thing. That like, was a big energy around Tennyson, but that's not fucking. That's, that's just not that's just like oh wow, like. People are hot, and because they were there, and, to watch and sport. on the flip side, uh, I know even like from the experience from the female side of things, figuring out that your brother's friends are hot because you're yeah. watching them play rugby, or like figuring out, yeah, or you're gay and you're thinking, <laughs> you know. or you're a lesbian, yeah. Every the, no matter what your sexual orientation uh, across is, across the spectrum and across the spectrum of gender identity too, there's something for you at tennis and sporting grounds. That's what Which we're is not how Terrace pushes it, but... I'm sure Terrace would endorse what we just said. <laughs> Terrace being a famously progressive place. <laughs> um, uh, but I think at its heart, unfortunately, Tennyson does not fuck. It doesn't fuck, but it flirts its little head off. Well, it's a city on a river, and don't you ever forget it, kid. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening with us through a chat of a great suburb and an, and an awesome school that we have so much to say about. Fuck me, man. We are never going to not have enough to say about anything that uh, even touches yeah. Terrace. Um, thanks for listening. Touches Terrace. Touches Usually Terrace. Usually it's the other way around, mate. Usually Terrace touches you. <laughs> we don't talk about the brothers anymore, mate. Um, uh, unless we're talking about the filth. Filthies. Guys, <laughs> a lot of fun out there. Just keep sending us Brisbane stuff. We'll do a special episode next to be announced soon. Mm, but next week will be a fun gonna one. But it's going to be... A bit different. Something we haven't ever done uh, before. And I will say now, it's going to have a guest. That's good. And we'll good reveal days. the guest. We'll reveal the format. We'll reveal everything. It's actually a really exciting special episode next week. But for now, thank you so much for listening with Tennyson. And reach out. There is nothing I love more than getting an Insta DM from Nun Pakistani when I get to work in the morning. It makes my morning, and I know it makes yours too, Henry. So reach out. Let us know what you're thinking about the show, where you want us to go next. We're coming up on 60 episodes, and we're still talking about Brisbane. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend and weekend.